And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers. Class is officially back in session, and we're here for another guest speaker episode, and I'm so excited to have Nina Bomber with us today. Nina, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's Monday. It's been a long weekend. I'm jacked to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super pumped. You are so welcome. Yeah, Labor Day weekend, so uh, shout out everybody that had a, hopefully everyone had a great Labor Day. And great yeah. summer, really. You know what I mean? I can't believe summer's already over and we are kind of getting into the fall. I know where you are in LA. You don't really get <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> really. like, I'm pretty sure it's still summer. It's 100 and something. <laughs> oh my God. The heat wave has been insane. Like, I've literally been, I make a point to go to the beach every weekend, being Australian, duh. But like, um, I was at a pool yesterday, I was at a beach yesterday. And it's not even like I'm living that luxurious life. It's just like, no, no, no. It's, t- it's so hot. Like, let me be near water. <laughs> this is called survival, not luxury. <laughs> Literally, oh, that's I, agreed. Well, Massachusetts, like you, I mean, you've like I said, you've been in Boston before, so you understand like it can get oh, hot, yeah. but uh, not like California and parts of no, Southern this California. This is insane. Yeah, it's it's been insane. My yeah. friend actually was giving water to the homeless today, so I um I like paid some money to her and um she was going around and just giving out frozen waters because it, it's just so hot and like. It's just not fun to be outside. Like it reaches a peak where you're like, nope. But in Boston, like I, I felt like a tourist because I was like, I haven't experienced this in never, you know, especially in Boston where you're like, we need one more weekend of sun. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause they're so limited, especially at this time yeah. of year. But for our listeners here, just some context for Nina, from Nina for you guys. So Nina is a, Pop, electronic pop, I would say, artist. Uh, yeah. Definitely works with some R&B and hip hop. She's actually worked with our guy Washi. I mean, if you're a fan of our show, you know Washi. You know uh, how much he means to us and, and how tight he is with us. So obviously, Nina got the cosign here, and she she's <laughs> on and good to go. Um, she is originally. So you are. This is. I thought this was so interesting uh, that you you grew up in Australia. I mean, you technically you were born here in Chicago. This is this is a crazy story. Like, I want you to definitely talk about this, but. Uh, we were, you're born in Chicago. You grew up in Australia, came here to Boston when you were 18, 19, and now you're in LA. So that's quite a journey. And I can't wait to hear about it. I've already heard a little bit about it, but I want you to talk to our listeners for it. So talk to me a little bit about like living in these three areas. Like how have they kind of impacted your growth as a person, as an artist? Like what have they kind of meant to you? Like specifically each of them. And then like, how are they called kind of different, maybe unique in their own ways? Yeah, for sure. Um, I know it's, it's been quite a journey. I mean, I, I have a really international family, like my mom's Austrian and my dad's Swiss. So my story never really, I don't, I didn't think it was interesting. And then you tell people and they're like, what, (laughs) sorry, where are you from? So Christmas is complicated. Um, but (laughs) no, um, I mean, long story short, like, so yeah, I was born in Chicago. I moved when I was two, my family moved to a really small town in Australia. It's called Mwoolumba. Um, and basically like a two street town, um, lots of pubs, lots of sport, you know, everyone kind of knows each other, lots of farmland, banana trees. Um, and I think that experience, like I never really got bored being in a small town. Like we had a lot of acreage and we had a little farm and there was always something to do. And it kind of like 
being isolated in that way, like really threw me into music. Cause I was like, how am I going to entertain myself? Oh, I don't know. Like I can write a song or I can go practice piano or saxophone or sing or whatever. Um, it's probably the reason why I have such a big belty voice. Cause I would just sing to the hills. I'd be like, well, the cows are going to respond. So <laughs> um, <laughs> that's about it. Um, so yeah, I think Australia just, it really grounded me because to get opportunities, I had to work really hard. I had to do, I had to go to singing lessons every week, which turned into two singing lessons, like classical and contemporary singing lessons. I had to drive 30 minutes to even partake in a musical or something like that. My school didn't really have like a music program. There was six of us in the class, so they did the best they could. Um, so I feel like I really had to work. Like I, I would go to Sydney every week um, to be part of a talent development program, which then turned into like shows, but that entailed like flying like three times a week. Um, so I think like Australia really grounded me, kept me humble. The mentality in Australia is a lot of like, you don't really talk about your success. It's kind of like looked down upon. So I, I never really recognized like what I was doing. Um, and so, yeah, I think it just kept me humble um, because they're coming to the United States. It was, it was quite a different ball game. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Here it's like, guess what I did? And this oh. is awesome. And I love that. Cause I think you should be recognized for your success. Like that's so important that that's like, yeah, good for you. Um, but it's taken me a while to actually get there. Um, and it's definitely like a cultural difference. So I think it, yeah, it, it, Australia developed my initial skills. Like that's where I learned classical singing. That's where I learned contemporary singing. Um, and then moving to Boston was so awesome. It was the first time that, I mean, the first year was hard. First of all, it's cold. <laughs> and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> um, I was not prepared for that. Um, but then on the other side, it, it taught me so much, like going to Berkeley, like I'd had no idea about half of music theory that I learned there because I just didn't have that, those resources in school. Um, and it was just the best way to network with a lot of the people that I work with today and am best friends with today. Um, so probably the best decision I could have made. And then by year three, being in Boston, like year two, I was working like four jobs. I was doing five gigs a week, like just insane stuff. So I was working really hard by year three. I actually got the chance to enjoy and work in a different way. Like I explored nightlife and I explored what that meant for my music and as a person and met some really, really cool people um, through that. And then moving to LA, like I've honestly met my, like my friend's family here. Like I would feel really weird if I moved back to Australia or moved to another country uh, at this point in my life, just because like, everyone I work with here, like my roommate is my bass player, my other roommates, a producer and my guitarist. And we met just by moving to LA. Um, they went to Berkeley too. But then the circle that I mostly work within is such a, it's such a family vibe. Like we all take care of each other. We all support each other. There's no like harshness or anything. And if there is, it's like, we're all really trying out here, you know, we're doing our thing. We're doing the best that we can. So no, no negative vibes. Um, and then at the same time, like, LA is tough. Like it's a tough city. You have a lot of people trying to do the same thing. Um, and being a, not a big fish in Boston, but getting to, you know, get my name out there and kind of be the girl that people called upon to moving to LA where it's kind of like, Oh shoot. Like there have been writers out here. They're getting cuts now, but they've only been like, they've been out here for like five years and now it's happening for them. 
So the biggest thing is, is patience, like patience and adulthood. That's, that's been huge since moving to LA, but um, yeah, I'm, I've definitely, I've, I've definitely grounded myself here, but I will never forget Boston. And hopefully like when this thing is done, like I want to come back so bad. Like I miss my friends there so much. I'm back home. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it felt like home. It really did. I was like, wait, I don't want to leave my home. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the thing about Boston. We were talking about a little bit off air, but you're so right. And you said when you said this, it's like a very community based area mm-hmm. or, or part of, or really part of the country. And it's so true. I mean, mm-hmm. you have so many. Even like uh, it was even this weekend when I was down the Cape. It's like uh, I was talking to uh, there was this couple that one of my girlfriends. Uh, is in her, her cottage and they were fighting over because one of them's from the North Shore, one's from the South Shore. And that's always been a battle, right? Like North Shore yeah, yeah. versus South Shore. If you're from the South Shore, you're like, the North Shore stinks. And if you're from the North Shore, you think the South Shore is like, nah, nah, nah. The North Shore is where it's yeah. at. Yeah. Boston's the same way. Like each of its own suburbs are kind of like, if you if you rep that suburb, I mean, I'm sure it's like this in every city, but Boston is so like competitive like that. Oh my God, it's insane. It's almost, yeah, it's like in your face, right? Uh, yeah. The thing, I mean, I've never been to LA personally, but just what I not stereotypically would know about LA because I don't know anything from her firsthand really, but sure. my thought would be it's exactly what you said is like LA is a place where everyone's going to try to pursue their dream, right? Mm-hmm. So I find it super unique and I mean, maybe, I'm sure it's not unique, but I think it's, I, I think it's a great thing for you that you feel like you found a family where it's like, you know, if one of you pops, hopefully you'll just take you take all of you with them in sense where it's like you know it, it, everyone's not like out for themselves right it's right. it's not the collaborative effort right where yeah. you know in, in LA it can be like you said very cutthroat and, it, and it's not a, a place where you know it, where everyone, it's basically everyone everyone's trying to find success I mean everyone's trying to find success everywhere but you're right like everyone's trying to find success in the exact same things in, in the entertainment yeah. industry so I think that's great that you and you guys all live together. So what, so what's that kind of like? Is there is it like jam sessions in the living room and you guys just going off freestyling or are you guys kind of just, uh, you know, you got to keep yourselves with the creative process and then kind of share. No. Like, how does no. that go? <laughs> have you seen new girl? I, I, I have not. I have not. Okay. Well, that's the scenario I could describe. Um, but basically like, Enlighten me. uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just like, how should I describe it? No, but basically, so I met one of them. We, we all went to Berkeley. One of them I knew, um, and I'd done a couple gigs, gigs with him. Um, and then the other one, I was like, eh, seems cool. His Instagram is cool. I guess he knows a couple of my friends, like whatever, let's move it together. Um, and we did. And definitely through quarantine, like it's just expedited our relationship. Um, so sometimes, yeah, like they'll definitely be having jam sessions in the living room and then, like I'll sing a couple of things. Mostly it's them busting out to some rock music and I'm coming out and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> and we all like, it, it's been cool. Cause like having a guitarist and having a bassist, like they've shown me other parts that I'm like, Oh, I would have actually never picked that up. Like I'm a vocalist. So I pay so much attention to vocals and for them, it's the same way. I'm like, this person is vocally insane. Um, and so they're like, Oh wow. Like what, like, obviously they understand, but they're also like, Oh, that's cool from your perspective. So it's a lot of music sharing, um, especially as well. Like, uh, one of them is a producer. So he has his little setup in the room. So if I'm like, Hey, I need this, uh, track recorded or something like I can easily pop in the way I do it is like, Hey, if you record me, I'll make you brownies. So, uh, (laughs) please help me out. (laughs) But, um, right. Everyone loves food. I'm like, come on, come on. Yeah. 
Um, but no, it's been good. Like, I think especially during quarantine, uh, we did, because it was like, how do we adapt, right? Performing live is, is adios at this point in, in uh, the US. So it's been it's been interesting to see how I could adapt. And a lot of part, sorry, a lot of it was going on uh, IGTV or IG live. So I would stream every Tuesday and just make people aware that, Hey, I'm still writing new songs. And like, this is what I'm doing. And like, we all live together. So we're still making music. And then I went on Twitch, which sometimes um, I'll use my roommate and we'll like do little jam sessions together on Twitch. Um, and then other times, like I'm just chatting, but it's, it's a great dynamic. They're like my brothers and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> Could never oh, trade it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That sounds like an ideal situation, really. I mean, you have, like you, like you said, you, like, I could just picture, you know, them jamming in the living room and like, you just poke your head out, you know, give them, give yep. them a couple of bars or whatever, or a quick hook, just, you know, probably out yeah. a single. No, For and then, sure. then you're able to record things in your, in your space, which in that probably really worked out in your favor with the whole quarantine like Gosh, yeah. funny how some people you know obviously i mean it's 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 tragic what has been going on in the country with you know people losing their businesses and yep. livelihood and and it, everything going on it's just i mean we talked about it on the show it's it's horrible but and i don't want to um you know take anything away from that but in, in, in a sense it did help some people find creative ways to figure out what they like to do best. And I think yeah. that was a huge part of quarantine, especially, like, especially for us too, because, you know, as people can see, like, Washi didn't come in here during the quarantine and sign that. Like he was right. here, like in studio, when we were having people in studio come to do these podcasts. And then when we couldn't, it was like, okay, well, what now? Like, yeah, like what do either, I do? right. What do I do? I can either do two things. I can either, you know, just wait it out or I can find a way to adapt. And that was like a word that we've been using a lot, like in the last six months, it's like, how do we adapt? I think that is a big like, like thing for people right now is, is how do I get back some of my livelihood or continue yeah. to do what I loved to do before this thing that is this virus that is out of my control, right? How do I get back oh to gosh, that? Yeah. It's hard, but yeah. yeah, no, I think, I think adapting is it's, I think I personally went through the adaptation straight away. Like for me, I was like, okay, because I, I don't, it's bad, but I, I don't like to just sit around. Like I can't, I can't do that. It just freaks me out. So <laughs> I'm like, no. So what do I do? You know, like, and performing live is, it's one of my biggest things. It's what I came from. Like I came from a very performance background. Um, songwriting is something that I actually picked up later. And so for me, I was like, well, I was getting all these gigs in LA. Like I was really starting to like, you know, spread my wings, so to say. Um, and so for me, it was like, well, what else can I do? And there's got to be like other avenues other than Instagram because Instagram was so oversaturated. Yep. Like I remember there were weeks that 10 people would be going live and I'm like, like, cool, but this is, I don't want to be another one of those people. So I kind of jumped on Twitch, which I still have yet so much to learn about. And like, it's, definitely such a huge platform um but for music it's been really interesting um and we dived into this a little bit earlier but just from a personality standpoint like i was actually i started by doing like karaoke covers and just basically making my live stream like a party <laughs> classic Nina. um and then i just and then twitch changed their copyright laws and i was like okay i can't really do this anymore um 
And then I just started talking to people. Like I just would go on and chat or I do go on and chat. And it's been really cool for new fans to discover you, but automatically not discover you because of your music, but because of your personality. And they're like, oh, cool. Like you're an artist and like, let me go follow your Spotify or let me go check out your music. But I want to follow you because I like your personality, not because of your music. So it's been like the other end of being an artist, which usually people gravitate towards you as and your music and now it's like no I like your personality but it was it was definitely a thing of like being creative and adaptation and like okay we we can't go to different studios I couldn't do sessions in person so it was like discovering how I could do that or teaming up with like two other writers and being like hey we'll quarantine together um and then the producer would be live streaming um what he's doing so I definitely, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's, it's helped technology a lot. It's helped people with their creativity. I mean, like TikTok's popping off people that you just wouldn't have thought. Um, and I also agree like hundred percent. It's not, it's not something that should be cheered upon. Like I don't want pom-poms right now to be like, yay, quarantine. But I think in a lot of ways it, it's given people the time and no excuses to kind of be like, well, I don't have time to look at, this because or dive into this because like you you do um and yeah it's been kind of positive for a couple people yeah no and and you're absolutely right it's like you know what did i mean like shame anybody that just sat around and did nothing for six months because i i like i said there were days like i where it was like i don't feel like i just don't and like that like you said, that's just okay like some days you're gonna have that like if you can if you're gonna string a lot of days of those in a row maybe not so much but if you have a day where you're just like ah, yeah, I just don't feel it. You don't feel it, whatever. Yeah. But you're right, you're, you have to try to find your best you can to find inspiration for what you really want to do. And once you figure it out, okay, how do you become motivated and then continue to be inspired to continue to do that thing? Right. And, it's, and it's, again, it's a difficult feat. But again, if you're passionate about something, like you're passionate about your music, like that is clear. Like you were going to find a way to do it no matter what, right? And no, that stopping goes- me. <laughs> Exactly. And that's that, but that's the mentality you have to have where it's like, if you don't, someone else is just like, you're going to be forgotten, especially in an oversaturated space. You know, it's just the reality of it. And that's how I felt with our podcast too. Cause I was like, I do nothing on this for six months. I come back in six months, no one's going to care. And so how can I continue to get people to care? And, and, and that's, you know, and, and you just have to have that mentality of, you know, how can I, just like you said a little earlier, like how can I find creative ways to just continue this despite my circumstances, right? Because you can look at life yeah. in ways. I mean, you can look at it from a perspective of, you know, uh, like, a, like a victimized perspective, like why is this happening to me? Or you can just say, okay, this happened to me. How do I fix it? Or how do I believe yeah. it in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, if you get a cut, what are you going to complain about? Or like, you know, you break an arm, like, what are you complain about? No, you can go to the doctor, you're going to get a cast and you're going to figure it out. You'll find a new way to like, and you'll yeah. heal. It's just, it's a bad metaphor. But my point is just like, there's two different separate kind of mindsets that you, you can. Yeah. Have. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's like interesting because like, as you said, um, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this and also like not to forget, like mental health is so important. Um, and there are definitely weeks that I was like, holy poops, I can't write a song. What the hell, you know? And like, that is so mentally taxing as someone that is like always trying to do something. There are always also other people that like 
mentally they're just it's it's hard i i completely understand that like being within four walls we are not supposed to just live within four walls you know so mentally it's super draining but i am curious to to hear your perspective on are you are you in more interested in an artist or anyone um someone that's a podcast host or whatever like if they are constantly showing that they are busy or are you like it doesn't make a difference for you if someone constantly shows that they're doing stuff or if they're like, Hey, I just dropped a new song out of nowhere and it's dope. Like what, what's your perspective on that? Um, I, I really think that everyone's process is, is unique and different to, and to them and mm. how they, how they decide to portray that process is really up to them in my opinion. So for example, like if they're working behind the scenes to drop that out, that song and they're not, you know, promoting it every day or putting it, that's great. You're still working towards that goal and the vision for what you want. Or yeah, like you said, you're, you're building, uh, we do this all the time. It's like, Hey, like with, we do it every week. I mean, it's going to happen with this episode. People that have yeah. <laughs> a snippet of this episode, I don't know which one yet, but there'll be a snippet of this episode that will come out a couple of days before yeah. the, the real episode. And it's to gain, again, essentially to, to gain traction for it or, or in, in, a, in, in a sense, that's really the, the goal there. So the, the uh, strategy is different. It, it doesn't, what it says to me is just, and, and, and I kind of related a little bit to teaching where it's like, we all, looking at it from a teacher's perspective. Yeah, I love that, yeah. Everybody learns differently, right? Mm. So, you know, some people learn better through, you know, auditory, auditory um, things. Like so some of my students like to listen to audiobooks or it's in their IEP cool. or, or that they, they have to have like an audiobook um because it helps them or some people are visual right some people do things better if they write them down some people are better at memorizing things it's just it's just like you know some people i have some students that want to write me a 10-page paper but they don't want to say a word in class there's other kids that don't want to write a thing but they would they just talk all day and like yeah you know but they're not just talking to talk they're actually saying profound things and it's like wow right. if you actually like put what you just said in an essay that would sound great like so it's just, it's just so different but that kid might not be able to put it on paper right if, yeah no i i totally understand so i guess long in long long story short or like whatever this long-winded thing is it's just like if when it comes down to it for me if the music is dope the music is dope or if the music is is if i feel something from that that's great or not even that if i see appeal for it right mm -hmm. like I'm not going to like everything. I know I'm a music reviewer. I'm a self-proclaimed, you know, music expert, quote unquote, which I'm not really an expert, but you know, I run a music no, podcast. theory. I'm supposed to have some kind of authority right on that, but right. who am I to say what's good and what isn't right? right? I mean, I can say what I like and what I dislike, right? There are some things that I, I, I don't, I think are just bad. Like if you like six nines music, I, I don't know. I, I can't, <laughs> honestly, I just can't. No, I, I understand. My one of my roommates is like, I cannot, like, don't ever say his name here. And I'm like, okay, totally cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you, I genuinely like his music. You can say like, oh, he's good at creating an audience and and, and create get grabbing headlines and fine, I'll give him that. Mm. But mm. music's trash. I'm sorry, it's not. Give him no, me. No, I, I feel you. But. You know, there's some music that, again, like I don't love. Like Lil Uzi Vert's a great example. I was never huge on Lil Uzi Vert mm. in terms of hip hop, but I saw the appeal. I'm like, okay, he's riding some of the trends that were in hip hop at the time when he was coming out. Like, who am I to say this? This is bad music, right? It's just not for me. So, 
And then lo and behold, he comes out with an album this year that I actually liked some tracks off of. So you just right. never know, you know, what you're going to resonate with or what people are going to potentially resonate totally. with. So the process getting there is really up to the person. Um, if they're claiming they're quote unquote busy all of the time, right? What it tells me potentially is that, you know, maybe um, they, you know, they might just be not say in it for themselves, but there's a, there's a thing and I'm, I'm trying to work on this myself, but like spreading yourself too thin is real, is a real thing, right? Like mm. so much time in a day. Right. And, and it's hard, but you have to, you know, my, my thought is like, I try to give everybody that I'm working with in the moment, their due diligence. And like, I, I, I try to check up on everybody too. It gets, it gets difficult like that I have on the show. Like no, it gets, I feel you. I feel you. Some people I just have better relationships with than others after these things. And it just is what it is. And, but I always, like I told you off air and I say this to a lot of people in my personal circle is like, what I love about this so much is I learn something every single time I do one of these, no matter who Which is, is so on. important. Yeah. So, you know, again, I know those long winded, but, and I, I will say this, you spun it on me early on in the, uh, in the podcast and you're trying to be the podcast coach, which I, you, you might have a future in it. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe. Very good. You just, you turned it on a dime. I was like, Ooh, okay. You're like, Oh wait, no, that's my job. Hang on. <laughs> Luckily for you, you have both. I can't sing at all. And you awesome. don't, don't want to hear me. I would love to, I, I was belting out your, uh, your new single that, that is, Thank that you. will be out now that I mean, we're pre-recording. This is not out quite yet, but once this no, episode yeah. comes out, it will definitely be out, uh, called bad excuse. So I was definitely listening, uh, uh, singing that to myself in the car on my way home today from the Cape, but nobody wants to hear me sing it. They would like to hear you sing it, obviously. Love it. Okay, but if you were at a show, I would love you to be like, that excuse? Like, I'd be like, yes, oh. give me all the out-of-tune notes, please, as long as you're still enjoying, like, I don't care, you know? Uh, my mom I, can't sing, so I, it's cool. I've heard a lot of bad notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, uh, I was the the friend in the group growing up that always had good music. And that's part of the reason why I did this is because like, or I started this is because people always come to me for music, but I would sing it in the car while I'm showing people. And they're like, Mike, I don't want to hear you sing it. I want to hear the song that you're trying to oh show. My God, that's so funny. Once I like it, we can sing it together. But for now, hush. And plus you. And then, so I'm like a car singer, right? Just driving around. Yeah, like, yeah, I feel you. Right. And I'm a sh and you know, maybe in the shower and like, I'll hum it, but songs, I don't know about you. Like songs are kind of always constantly playing in my head. Like even yeah, if hundred percent you too. Cause I just, no, I always like, there's always like, or a melody or I don't know. I can like see something like, it's so weird. Yesterday I was in a conversation and there was like a song in the back playing. And for some reason I just, all I could focus on was that like, luckily I wasn't really in the conversation cause I just was so focused on the song and I was like, Oh wow, that's an interesting bass line. And I was just like, oh, the bass line is like going like this, and then it's going like that. But the worst time is when someone's like, what do you think? And you're like, hmm? oh, um, yeah, no, 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 it's cool, 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 cool. <laughs> but no, I, I completely feel you. Like, see, the interesting thing for me is like, obviously, my sister was always like, sing in the car, sing in the car, sing in the car. But I sucked at lyrics, and she's really good at lyrics. She doesn't sing. She could if she wanted to, but she doesn't sing. Um, and I just was so bad at lyrics. Like I just didn't ever know the song lyrics. I always knew the melody and I could usually, I can still like predict a melody, even if I haven't heard the song to the point that people are like, you know, the song and I'm like, nope, but I just know the melody, but lyrics, forget it. 
my manager still today, she's like, you didn't, you didn't remember the bridge in your own song. And I'm like, nah, but it's cool. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> I just well, changed it for tonight. Oh, oh, hey, well, I know. I mean, artists do that all the time, but yeah. that, yeah. So that's, yeah, you're, you're, you're okay. You, you have permission to do that. But don't, don't worry about do you, do you enjoy singing? Does it make you happy? Me? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because you just, 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 I just put, don't worry about it. It's not good. It's just not good. But that's all right. <laughs> but in its in its own breath, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to take away from the actual song. So I I, I, yeah. I get that. But I I appreciate that as an artist. Thank you. <laughs> my, my question actually, just I kind of came on top of my head. So I'm I'm curious. Like when you were doing the Instagram live and like Twitch things, uh, or uh, not things. Why did I call it? I'm sorry. The, no, you're the good. Performances when you when you were doing those, were they like pre-written things where you kind of just like kind of going off like i don't say freestyling but like we're going off the top of your head like how does how or would you kind of have a plan going into those or was it kind of just like you guys were jamming out like and you kind of just find a melody with together like how is that kind of how did that work um the instagram lives uh i would so on tuesdays i would uh sing all my songs and usually it was i mean maybe we'll add like a song in there but i usually was like we're gonna do these three songs and then it was like a 20 minute little show. Um, so we would know like, these are the songs I'm doing and then we're going to do that. And maybe we'll add in a cover. Um, and then on Thursdays I would have like the artists come onto my Instagram. And I think like the way I love doing like those vodcasts is, you know, I know a lot about the artists cause I've researched them or I know them personally, but it's so interesting. And I'm sure you have the same experience when an artist says something and you just click onto that and you're like, wait, I didn't even know that about you let's talk about that. That freestyle is so organic and so important because that's when an artist is like, oh yeah, I didn't know that was a big deal. Like, let me talk about it. And sometimes the interview is like, they're like, they're asked the standard questions. Like, hey, like what, like, who's your biggest inspiration? I'm like, ah, that's cool. Let's do that at the, at the end. But like, tell me about you. Like, I want to know. Um, and then on Twitch, like, I'm still kind of figuring that out because sometimes I'll do like you can do like the song requests where uh, people can actually pay you if they want a song request from you, or I just love to sing. So I'll just be like, eh, whatever, I'm just going to sing these songs. Um, for me, I'm not so much in it because Twitch like users have, they, they do pay for a lot of things. Um, but for me, I was like, I don't care if you don't subscribe to me. I don't care. Just like follow me, follow my Spotify, follow my Instagram. That's what I want. And like come back on my schedule. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, and when I started doing just chatting, I would sometimes have a discussion, like, especially like around Black Lives Matter when that was like at its peak. Um, I definitely talked about that a little bit. Um, but mostly it's like, I start off with a topic and then I just kind of freestyle it. And because it is like a live chat, it's really cool to figure out who you're kind of chatting with because all you see is like a random name, but then getting to know those users if they're comfortable with it, like me being like, this is what I did on my weekend. What did you do on your weekend? And some people are like, I built this. Um, or I went here or whatever. And you have that conversation. You really grow like, I don't know, like a little community on there. Hopefully that, you know, grows and I don't know, I get actual fans on there. But while it's still small, it's really cool to have that conversation with those users and also let them know. And also like, if I have an idea that I'm unsure about, like I got a single cover that I just really didn't know if I was going to use. Um, and I showed it to them and I was like, what do you guys think? And their reaction was totally different to my friend's reaction or, or 
uh, my families, because they're coming from an outside perspective where they know you on the screen, but they haven't seen your entire journey. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's been a really cool experience to do that, but I like to freestyle. I think it's, it's fun. <laughs> I was curious because I've, I've obviously like freestyling like that term. I, a lot of people see that as like a hip hop thing. So I was like, right. Interesting. Singers probably would do that too, especially like you were saying, I think mean, I know for a fact that uh, like some artists and even comedians do this too, where like they, their sets or their, yeah, really the sets, I guess would work both ways that like, they do different sets each time like each venue uh, they mm. go to and also like they might even change like a, a certain part of the song or whatever like or, or they might they might perform it in a different way than it was recorded and things like that so mm-hmm. like it's it's very it's unique and interesting to hear like different perspectives on on exactly like how the, the approach yeah. of or um or as you were talking, you even had like, you know, like vodcasts, which is super cool or vlogs or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. 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 I think live. Yeah. It's a bit different live for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I definitely want to transition a little bit back to what I was talking about a little earlier, uh, or I mentioned earlier with your new single bad. And uh, what I would love to do right now actually is play a little, little clip of it for you guys uh, to hear. And if uh, you dig it, which I don't see why you wouldn't go, Definitely stream this. It's out on all streaming services, right? Spotify, yeah. Apple, SoundCloud, all yes. that. All right. All of them. All of them. Love it. All right. Here's a little clip and we'll be right back. definitely a catchy melody i thought your vocal range on this song was awesome and you, you said you were having a little issues with writing i i, I disagree I, I definitely thought that this was a relatable song i think we've all been there and it's interesting because i've had this the exact moment that you're talking about i look back on it now and i'm like what was i thinking you know what i mean like why didn't i yeah. break that off at the start or early or, or like when the red flag came up. Right. So, right. Uh, very interesting. So I'm curious, uh, tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind the song. Well, the song, it's funny how the song actually started. So I, I was in a session with four of my friends. Um, the producer I was friends with, but I actually no all of them except for two, I had never written with, but we're friends and that's always fun to get into a session with friends. Um, but originally, like, I didn't go in as the artist. Like, I went in just kind of being like, well, who do we write for in the room? Because we're all here and we're all, all, you know, pretty good. And some of them were just insane good writers. So I was like, who are we writing for? And we started writing for um, my friend Lev. And Alex Burrell, the producer of this song, he started this beat. I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. Um, and for Lev, I was like, yeah, okay. It's not super your vibe, but like, let's see where it goes. Um, and we started writing and we were writing about actually being a rebound or having a rebound. And then we just kind of hit a brick wall. And I was like, have you like ever had this experience? And he was like, no, like I can't even relate to this song. And I was like, okay, cool. So we scrapped that idea. We ended up scrapping some other idea. The session was like four hours long. I'm like so tired by the end, but I don't like going into a session and just kind of feeling like I did nothing. And it's sometimes hard when you write with your friends because you 
you know, have more of a hangout. Yeah. Um, but I was the determined one. I was like, no, like we have to come up with something. Anyway, so this guy texted me right before we were finishing the session. And uh, it's this guy that we don't need to go too much into the story, but basically he was just not cool like not a good dude you know and like i like to be straight up so if you don't want something serious like just you know just let me know um but yeah anyway so this guy texted me out of the nowhere out, out of nowhere um and i was like freaking hell like why are you texting me again like this is so annoying like i haven't heard from you in three months like right when i have a session he always messages me i'm like is it like are you feeling this or something like what's going on Anyway, and so I, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And so everyone in the room was like, what, what's going on? And I was like, well, this whole thing. And then they were like, well, I just doesn't sound like a great guy. And then I was like, yeah, but you know, like it's, it's no big deal. Like I know he's busy or I don't know. I actually made a bad excuse. And my friend was like, well, that just sounds like a bad excuse for seeing him again. And I was like, huh, interesting. And then we came up, like one of the girls like came up with his melody, like, and then we we worked on that a little bit and she was like oh my god i can totally relate to this situation like i have all the lyrics for it let's go and so we came up with this chorus line um and like just another verdict and then by the second session we actually put together the verses and it was like all i wanted was a hit and run um, but I keep on crashing into you. And it was kind of like, yeah, the storyline of like, I didn't really want anything serious and you kind of made it like you did. And now I just keep running into you or you keep texting me and it's like, what do you want? Like, make it clear. <laughs> so it was like, you're a bad excuse and I'm also making bad excuses. And um, just this beat was, it was so, it was so fun and it's just so energetic. And then my uh, roommate chucked bass on it um, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to release it because I have another song coming out that I wanted to put all my energy behind. And um, I love that song too. So I was like, oh, I want to do that Corona hit as well. And I was so in a place of like, I don't even know what I want to release. Black Lives Matter. I was like, it doesn't feel right to put out music right now. Yeah. Um, and then I just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I enjoy putting out music. This is what I do. I, I can't just keep standing still like, 2020 is not going to get the best of me. Um, and then my friend actually messaged me like that same week and was like, so like, when are you releasing this song? Like, what are you, what are you doing? I was like, ah, oh, I don't know, maybe 2021. She's like, no, like do it now. And so I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going to do it now. So yeah, we finish up the bass. We finish up the production super quickly. Um, finish the mix and the master and um, pumped i'm so pumped because the last song like was a softer release and it was just to kind of tell everyone like hey i'm still here like i'm still doing things and yeah. this one is is kicking off like a bunch of releases so i'm i'm really really excited because this is the this is the start of something new <laughs> i love that so we can definitely expect to hear more from nina very soon which yeah I, for sure great uh obviously those that are fans of nina you obviously know her catalog is is very illustrious i was listening to a lot of it this past week i definitely enjoyed a lot of the songs uh, particularly Thanks. though when you say that excuse that might be my favorite of yours that i've heard so far thank uh, you and obviously like i think this song kind of goes hand in hand with red flag a little bit in a, in a, in a sense just a just, little bit <laughs> you could have like a little uh i don't know like Valentine's Day, like, like, uh, anti Valentine's Day. Anti, yeah, anti Valentine's you got it. Uh, ET or something like that. That'd be pretty yeah. funny. 
but um that's a pretty interesting story i kind of i kind of like how that that's that kind of fresh isn't yeah. life's funny sometimes honestly you know what i mean like you get in like weirdly enough that's becomes in like that situation became inspiration for what i think came together to be a pretty amazing song yeah yeah really that's really interesting i kind of like that yeah i mean and that's the thing like as a songwriter like i think it's interesting like for me i love writing songs that a people can relate to because i for me as i said being such a live performer i want you to go to a concert and be like yeah you're just you're just another bad excuse you know or whatever something like that um but i like taking real life things that have happened to me or to someone else in the room and putting like a different concept on them i think that's like concept writing is really uh cool and it's it's cool to like say things blatantly and i think as a writer like i am a very um direct writer i'm a direct person so i think that happens a lot and then i like teaming up with people that are more metaphorical because it makes me think differently um but yeah i just think like coming up with concepts like that uh a lot of fun because then people just you know it can catch on to it and they're like oh it's just a bad excuse don't worry about it like i think that's kind of fun <laughs> no, I, I think even a sense i'll take it a little deeper because i am a bit of a metaphorical guy i do teach English. love that oh i love that yeah yeah english teacher. favorite subject in school oh thank i love hearing that because i you know, <laughs> I either get i loved english or i hated english like i always get either one of those because but and I, and I I won't get it down, go down this rabbit hole, but I do understand why that is the case. So what I was going to say in terms of like this song, I think that it's a good, like, it's a good way almost to like self care where it's like, why allow that toxicity in your life, right? Like mm. you have to be somebody that, you know, will stand up for yourself and say, Hey, no, this is not this behavior or how you're handling this or how, you know, you're treating me like, I don't, I don't like it. And I'm not going to make excuses for how you're acting. So I am going to like remove myself from the situation. I think this song is actually like an empowering song in its own right, because it, it's, it almost, there's a good, there's a quote out there. I can't remember where I saw it off the top of my head, but it might've probably just been like a random meme on Instagram, but it said, um, you know, pay attention to like how you feel like when certain people mm. are around you or when you're around yeah. certain so important so I, I do think that there is a sense of empowerment with this song and so oh, I, I don't know that. so that's why that's why I like I mean obviously I love the beat too I think the electronic uh pop thing it, it just it that is that is a like for example Lady Gaga's new album like that's the Gaga I like yeah her. yeah love that no, album yeah not that like her stuff like Joanne like the more country and obviously stuff on like Star is Born like the, the more the softer rock and and um, yeah influences and indie influences like those are great too but with gaga in particular like that's the stuff i like and with you i kind of get the sense that yeah you're just like a you're, you're someone that wants to have some fun and like you were even talking about that with like when you were going in um when you were in boston you would you know do edm shows and that's i mean in clubs and things like that because i mean that really is like more of the scene in boston i feel like than than more of the hip-hop scene there aren't as many venues for that there's definitely right. more club scenes in boston so oh, yeah. yeah no definitely i mean it's a it's it's the how should i say this the journey to kind of get to where i feel like i'm solidifying myself now is um i think through like every artist goes through this like you you grow and you you go down different paths to kind of figure out who you are like that's that's your job um so i definitely came from i've always had a powerful voice that was never something i could get rid of nor did i want to i studied classical i 
did 13 years of classical training. So I automatically just grew this range. Um, and then I did contemporary and I was like known for like my big voice. Um, and then when I moved to Boston and Berkeley, like EDM, you can have both. You can have a powerful voice. You can have, um, like I love top lining and some given DJs, like I want you to belt in this chorus. And some are like, no, I want more of the softer side. And that's, that's awesome too. Um, I think once I got to LA, I was really trying to figure myself out in the sense of, cause I came from like rock funk growing up classical to always loving like Christina Aguilera or Beyonce, like those big diva singers um, to going to Boston where I discovered, rediscovered like funk and jazz and yeah. those type, type of styles. Um, and singing was different. Like it was a lot more technical and I was like, okay, cool. Like different to cl classical technique. It was jazz. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and that in like influenced my music, but I went more in a dark pop route, which was like red flag and the other songs on my EP. Um, and that was cool for that moment. And then I moved to LA and I was like, Oh, everyone's kind of doing this, like, like, chill like everyone's super chill you know everyone's chill like wearing like not caring about what they're wearing but like they care about the, what they're wearing um and i was like oh like, like it's like not caring about yeah it was like oh, i just threw this shirt on it's like a 50 dollar shirt and you're like <laughs> okay cool um and yeah i mean the big there there's like a trend right now with uh female artists that like don't use your big voice like have more of like that billy eilish like somber sound or like have like more of a minimalist sound um and then you have those big pop divas like Demi Lovato, Ariana Grande um and I was just really confused about what to do with a big voice in the pop industry um and I didn't want to strictly be EDM and I don't want to be like like funk right now and I've always loved pop um but for some reason like having that big voice I always like felt ashamed of it and I was like oh, I can't put that in a pop track and then I just got to a point where I was like, I don't, like, that's me. Like, I'm not, I did Not Ready because like Not Ready was like my first song when I got to LA and I, I released that and I was like, okay, cool. But like the songs that are coming out, like they are me. They are the types of beats that I grew up with. Um, having a sister that's 10 years older would show me like 90s, 2000s tracks. And I was like, why am I so into this like type of music? And duh, like I grew up with it. So uh now like all the stuff that's going to come out i'm just excited because it feels like me whereas the songs that came out before other than i can do better because that was such a like a me song but these songs that are coming out like they do feel like me and i do go into sessions and i'm like no this is what i want and this is the sound that i'm going for and that'll probably change in two years or something or a year when i've grown but i'm just excited because i yeah, I think a lot of artists or a lot of female artists with big voices are really scared to kind of let that out. And I was like, if you don't want to hear that, like you don't have to listen, but that's what I'm going to do because that's what I, I enjoy. <laughs> like my my favorite female artists are the ones with the strong voices, believe it or not, besides Billie Eilish, because I do love Billie Eilish. I think she's great. Yeah. I think what she's done as a creative in the music industry is just is, is just really really brilliant but oh my god yeah one of my favorite artists of all time is amy winehouse and she's kind of that she's got a huge voice and did mm -hmm. all the, the jazz and, and, and funk styles so that was really like you know I, I always loved uh i always loved aretha franklin too and whitney houston i know you've, you've talked about those two artists being big uh big inspirations for you too i know you mentioned beyonce Interesting enough with Beyonce, I always respected her music from afar. I don't think she's whack by any stretch of the imagination. It just was never like my thing. Mm. Uh, 
particular. I did like some of the um, older stuff, like the dangerous was it dangerously in love or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Crazy in love song with Jay Z. Like I liked some of that, but everything kind of between didn't fit for me. And then, but she really, I think personally, she got her voice back for me on Lemonade when when she actually. Mm. Started belting it out like big time on like some of these are more rock style and yeah like jack white is like one of my all-time favorites from her i actually i put that on my top 50 of uh, the 2010s i love that song so much oh great song yeah oh fantastic but you know i so i guess the kind of what you're saying it's like however you want to i was kind of going back to what i said earlier it's like your your process is your process and mm-hmm. your sound is your sound and, and you're able to create that however you so you know see fit and if if it if it if you don't think it's going to work in pop scene well who cares go for it right if that's if you yeah. believe go for it and I, and I love that you're that you're trying it i think it's working i mean you're even getting recognition out here i noticed that um i can do better it was featured on kiss 108 i mean if you're from boston or you're from massachusetts like <laughs> you know what a way it is like that was what we all grew up listening to so yeah that's something that was like, cool really cool yeah so besides that like what other like recognition have you gotten with in the in the music industry because i know you even mentioned that you were on the voice in australia when you were in australia which is like super cool so like uh you know what else, what other like you know, some of your like your big shining moments at this point for yourself like to kind of take away when you look back and reflect like what's what really stands out to you yeah um see this is a funny question because the aussie in me is like oh my god i don't want to talk about this and then the artist in me is like yeah girl like yeah no i'm I'm awesome and i'm just like oh my god where do i go in the middle here um definitely a highlight in my career so far this was when i before i moved to boston um i got on abc radio uh i did a lot of shows um in Sydney and three of them were on like national television. So I, it's called school spectacular. And I was like featured on that show and like had, yeah, had some TV recognition there. So that was really, really cool. Top 20 uh, on the voice was great, except it's a bigger deal here than it is in Australia. So in Australia it was like, Oh, it's cool here. It's like, what you're on the voice. I'm like, cool. Um, So that was, that was a big moment. I think, the biggest moment in Boston for me, I had a, I had a couple. I remember being at Down. I don't know if Down's still there, but I was friends with a lot of local DJs. Um, and it's, again, that family, that community thing. Like, I never really mentioned that I was a singer. It was just, like, it, it was a thing. Like, we, we became friends, and then at one point they were like, why are you not giving us your music? And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so then um, they were spinning my records at like a lot of the clubs in Boston. I was like, oh, this is, is kind of cool. Um, and then I think my biggest moment for me was, it was my last show in Boston. So I'd been in Boston for three years and I was just going on an East Coast tour um, to New York, Philly, Washington, and then back to Philly. And in Boston, like the show sold out. And I, I just didn't expect that. Um, and it was my friends, but it was also their friends. And then it was like other people. Like I had a guy drive two hours to see me. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, so that was a big highlight for me. Um, Kiss 108 was huge. Bless Mikey V. Love him with all my heart. Um, just that whole crew. And then moving to LA, like I unfortunately haven't had all that much like performing live recognition just yet because I uh, have another chance, so to speak. But I did start, um, you know, just getting a little bit of a name for myself and 
being able to play at different venues here. So that's been cool. And then writing for another artist, I started writing for different artists because I really enjoy doing that. Um, and one of the songs that I just wrote uh, is about to hit 15,000. So, and she's like an indie artist. So I was like, oh, this is really, and I'm helping her develop too. So that was really cool. That was a really cool moment for me. Love that. So yeah, that's a down. So to answer your question, down is still a thing. Well, I don't know about it anymore, but before the pandemic, down was still a, a, a thing. I, I, I've gone there a couple of times. I'm, yeah really not the biggest club guy but i've been to howl at the moon been to downs dope dope spots that's really cool that you were able to like perform there super cool and yeah. uh, and then yeah I mean, obviously kiss went like i said earlier kiss went away it's uh really uh, the the mecca when you think of if, if i'm i'm 26 so like us growing up like that was what we listened to that and jamming 94.5 like this was oh, like, cool yeah before, before the streaming era right like those that's where you I was always in the car, like, mom, put it back on Kiss 108, put it back on. It's a great station. And Mikey V, oh, I love him. Yeah. Well, here's one more highlight. For my, high, for my graduation, I got to perform in front of Justin Timberlake and Missy Elliott. So that was oh. really freaking cool. Like, that yeah. was a big highlight. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, yeah, I love Justin Timberlake growing up. I was definitely someone that owned the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys albums. I'm not going to lie about that. And I'm going to say that without any shame whatsoever. Yeah. Oh my God. Own that. Love that. You should have their poster in the back. Like rep that. Yeah. I'm going to have them on the show. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would probably, if that opportunity presented itself, I'd be like, all right, fine. Yeah. I'll put the Backstreet Boys on with it. Or NSYNC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or at that moment, you just do the mic drop. You're like, and I'm done. Like, cool. Thanks. Peace out guys. <laughs> Not, not exactly like my dream choice at this point in time in my life, but like if, if the opportunity presented itself, sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, why not? I'm just a Timberlake fan. And, and Missy Elliott, man, like she's not like as big as she used to be, but I mean, she's definitely she's one. such a legend though. Oh like, my she God. did so much for women in hip hop. Like, and she's this absolute staple. 1000%. Oh yeah, she, she is a staple. Like she, for me, she's probably on the Mount Rushmore female hip hop artist, I think. hundred percent. And I love that you just said that. That's great. I love that. Hill. Who would I put in that category? Oh, yes. Lauren Hill, Missy Elliott. I kind of want to say Eve because just for personal reasons. I yeah, like, I feel that. Lil' Kim could be. I don't know if I personally like Lil' Kim as much. I'm trying to think. Lauren Hill. She was also, yeah, Lauren Hill. Oh, my God. I listened to her so much. I'm probably thinking, I'm probably forgetting somebody. I'll probably go Lauren Hill, Missy Elliott, Eve. Uh, I guess I'll, I guess just for what she did for the culture, because I feel like without Lil' Kim, I could be wrong about this, but if you, without Lil' Kim, you don't get like a Cardi B or like a Nicki Minaj to me. I think like, she, I agree. If Lil' yeah. Kim was where, like if, if you put plopped Lil' Kim today, she would probably be, in my opinion, like on that level of like artists, you know what I mean? Because I yeah. think- Yeah, well, she was that, like that extra, like the way she rapped and everything. Like I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, but yeah, no, 100%. I mean, Cardi B um, would have inspirations of your Mount Rushmore. So I, I think you're, you're pitting the nail on the head there. I mean, I'm probably forgetting somebody, I'm sure. If I let, went back, I'd be like, ah. Yeah, that. after this podcast, I'll be like, oh my God, we didn't even say this person or this know, person. But it's always like that. Always, always like that. Always, yeah, especially, yeah, especially you, uh, you get in maybe like an argument with somebody and then like 
10 minutes later, you're like still having the argument. I'm the worst with that. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, I don't know, us. Yes, exactly. Or if someone asks you about like, as a singer, people be like, oh, can you sing? I'm like, shit, I don't remember any song in the world. Like, uh, Valerie, (laughs) you know, like, I don't remember. They're like, really, Valerie? Like, cool, but like, really? And I'm like, I don't remember any song ever. There is nothing wrong with Valerie. That is, I actually, believe it or not, I actually, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast before. I wake up to Valerie every morning, in case anyone Wait, was. really? Is that your alarm? That is my alarm. That's sick. I love that. Good for you. The reason was that classic, I, I really believe this. This is like, this is, I, I'm actually probably in a sense right now um, belittling PTSD. I'm not trying to do that, but when I hear the normal Apple alarm, it like, I jump, like it does something to me. Like, I'm like, oh no, like it, like the the alarm goes off on one of my students' phones. I'm like, do I have to wake up? And I'm there like, nope, you're, you're already awake, Mr. Scarfo, you're good. And I'm just like, okay, no, I'm kidding. But like, yep. it, it was getting to the point where like, I didn't wanna wake up to that alarm. So I was, no, it's PTSD I for sure. Yeah. So I was like, what can I wake up to that's not going to like just make me hate my life? And I'm like, well, I love Amy Winehouse. Her voice is amazing. And so I'll just wake up to Valerie. And now I, yeah, every morning, well, sometimes I go, there you go. Don't be scared. I'm scared. I might do it. But, and I look across the water. Yes. You do it. I'm not as good as you, unfortunately. Um, that was amazing. So don't be down on yourself. <laughs> I, I have um, su- sang or melodies or like rap little like tunes on on this podcast before. You know. Just, okay, I'll have to go back and listen. And I'm like, I, I know I don't I don't do the song justice, but um, anyway. So no, that's smart. I mean, I have that I have that normal alarm, and like it'll go off as you said. Someone's got it, and I'm like, oh my god! Like my heart actually jumped. Or like I had it. Like a coworker um, used to have it, and like would have it to clock in and out. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like don't do that. <laughs> have to change it. I don't know. Yeah, you can't, for me, like that is, it, it, it's, not a, it's not a sound I want to hear. So no. I wake up to Amy and, and she, she gets my day going. So. She serenades you. I like that. Good for you. <laughs> you know, whatever. But we, we do what we got to do to survive, right? We just, I what, feel you. Gets us through the day. <laughs> I feel point. you. <laughs> but, um. Anyway, so I have one more question for you before my final question. So like my, my, okay. my, my last question that I ask every artist, but not, not quite yet. Okay. Uh, this one will kind of, it'll, it'll segue. But gotcha. um, so you've been performing since you were young, as you mentioned, and that I've just in my research of you like noticed. And mm-hmm. um, you've said you've, like I said, you've drawn some inspiration from Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Beyonce, who are obviously along with the Mount Rushmore of hip hop artists, we said are extremely powerful and influential women. Um, so I'm just curious, like what some of like the music that you grew up on or, or some of these artists that you are inspired by, like maybe it's like you could touch upon the music, but even like besides the music, like how have they like impacted you either like spiritually or even professionally or like morally and how you move about the, the industry. And then, um, as well as then talk to me a little bit about too, like your, um, I know you've talked a little bit about performing, but like, what do you, what do you miss most about performing during this time? So those are like, my yeah. two, uh, like last question. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I love that. Thank you for that question. I love that. Um, and it's interesting that you've asked that. Cause I'm like, it's one of those things again, I'm like, huh, got to think about that one. Um, but definitely. So like, 
I think for, I was exposed to a lot of music and I think um, like definitely just from such an international family, like my family was in just so much. So, you know, I, I say like Whitney Houston and Beyonce and like Christina Aguilera, but there are so, there's so much more music behind like what I grew up with. Um, but I definitely drew, I think the reason that I gravitated towards artists like Beyonce was because she's so hardworking and I come from a very hardworking family in the sense of like, nothing's going to be given to you if you just like want it. Like, it's just not going to happen. I mean, certain things like I want ice cream. I'm going to go get it, go get it. Cool. But career, career wise, like maybe for some people, but at least for myself and I'm not going to generalize, but for myself, like I never got something just because like whoop de doo Like it was always as a result of working, networking, meeting the right people, practicing, not sleeping and working really hard. And I think that in everything you see like Beyonce do, she, she just works so hard because she is so passionate and her work, she knows that her work is representing her. Um, I love as well that she, she's quite a calm person, but when it's time, like you better listen to her or you're off, you know, and not saying that I'm so cutthroat, but I definitely did draw upon that. Um, also my dad's in business. So I, it's like, you could be chill and, and be nice, like be a kind person. Like that is so, so important. And don't like be a diva. Like for me, I'm like, uh, no, nah, it's not cool. You know, I like to be grounded and be humble. But when it comes to your work, like if you have a band member that's drunk all the time and on tour with you, like that's, that's going to represent you as an artist, you know, and that's kind of not what you want. If you have an, if you have a manager that constantly gives you like bad PR, like that's going to represent you and your work. Um, so I definitely drew from that. And also her private life, like she does put stuff on Instagram or she is like on social media, but it's what she chooses to do. And of course that's changed now that she is a woman and she's grounded and she's like, I'm a queen. But even earlier, like she was never really in the press in a bad way because she chose like, I'm going to re retreat from that. And that's what I like to do. Like, I'm like, even with people that I, like, there are very few people that know absolutely everything about me, not saying I have anything to hide. I'm, I'm quite an open book, but like it, I choose to put out in the world what I want emphasis on. And I think she's the same way. It was the same way when she had a kid. Um, she was like, y'all can wait. Like, I'm going to put out pictures when I want to put out pictures. And I, I thought that was really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I think I draw a lot of inspiration from that. Um, I love Christina Aguilera for the phases that she went through. Like same as Beyonce, like she's been through phases, but Christina Aguilera was like, Oh, I'm like, you know, genie in a bottle. And she was like, fighter. And she owned that, you know, she was like, I'm here, I'm doing this. I don't really care what you think. Um, and yeah, so she, her journey has been, she's always stuck to her guns as well. Um, and Whitney Houston, like vocally, just, just wow. You know, so much inspiration, same as Celine Dion, um, Michael Jackson, huge inspiration there as well. So I think those that's, and I look up to predominantly women um, just because it's something that I can relate to a lot. Um, and even listening to them, like being a woman in the pop industry, regardless of if it's 2020, it's still, it's quite difficult. You know, people do take advantage of you. They do see like, oh, you're another female pop artist. Like if we tell you this, like you'll just, you'll fall over and you'll just want to sign the contract. And it's like, sure. no, don't, don't mess with me like that. Yeah. Um, so I do like draw inspiration from them 
in that way as well. But I think the biggest things are just key, like consistency is key. Um, their privacy and they're so, so hard working. Like it's, and that's something I really, really admire. Like hundred percent, even with my friends, like when they have success, I'm like, yeah, you've got that because you've worked your ass off, you know? Uh, everyone's yeah, no, that, that's huge to like pump your friends up and things like that. But I, with, for, especially what you're saying, like, I agree with you that, you know, we're in a time now where strong women are here to stay. And I think it's a great thing that, you know, there are so many, especially in the music industry, that there are great female role models to look up to for, you know, young girls, and regardless of what they want to do in their life. I think that comes down to characteristics where people are naturally, some people are natural leaders. Yes. Some people are natural followers. It's, it's unfortunate when you know you're a leader and you take that, take advantage of that. Um, sure. But I think it's important to have, whether it's a, you want to call a leader or a role model, like, and that is, that is so important to like, actually have someone that you, you look up to, like someone that you aspire to be or aspire to take their characteristics and kind of grow from that. Like, I think that's, that's really important. Um, cause it helps you kind of shape up as well and realize like, Oh, I'm actually not doing that. Or maybe I should have responded in the way that person responded. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's kind of important as growth. Yeah. Where have when have you ever seen, like I said, this about LeBron James and, and even like you could say this about Beyonce and Christina Aguilera, all these people, like when have you ever seen like bad press from them? You know what I'm saying? Like, when have you ever seen something like even like a parking ticket in <laughs> press, which I'm serious though. It's like you laugh, but it's like, yeah. it's it's a real thing. Like these people have been in the spotlight for so long and you know, it really speaks to their character because, and who they are and what they stand for, because you know, they, they know that it's bigger than them and that, you know, what their, their, their personal goals, their, of course they're important, but you know, what they represent is so much, so much bigger. And um, you know, I, I just, I just think that, you know, we, we have to look at, I, th I think in this, it's interesting, especially with artists uh, in the, especially in the music industry, I feel like, people throughout this this whole pandemic we we realized how important artists really are and and how much they mean to us and i also agree with you like especially during this time like people are like oh i miss festivals i'm like why do you miss festivals <laughs> or like yeah. you know like oh i love this song and and the only thing that's keeping me entertained is like netflix and spotify or apple music whatever you listen on and it's like interesting don't forget that because i think a lot of times People do think music is free. It's not. It's really expensive to make. It's expensive to go into a studio. It's expensive to pay a producer. Sometimes you've got to pay a writer as well. Personally, never had to do that. Thank God. But, um, you know, it's, it's our livelihood. It's what, it's what we do. And as an artist, like, that's your business. Um, and if you have a label, like, awesome. As an indie artist, like, you're still paying a lot of your stuff. Um, so when people are like, oh, I don't want to pay $10 to go to a concert, I'm like, okay, but you'd pay $10 for a drink. So, <laughs> you know, and that drink is going to be like, oh, cool. It's a margarita, but that show is probably going to be in your mind a little bit more. Um, and I understand, like, sometimes you don't really know the artist. You don't know if $10, $10 is a lot of money for someone. Um, so I get it. But at the same time, like, I do agree that this pandemic has definitely put more of a value on entertainment um and showing people like because i think before it was like oh big celebrities and cool and now it's like oh but look at all these indie artists or smaller artists that are just getting signed or 
popping off and there's so much more value to that because music is, a, is an expression, but it's also a way to, you know, have your own experience or recall your own experience, get away from your own experience. Um, and it's really important to have that. It's, it's so important for mental health. You know, there's a reason why there's music therapy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I like, I came from a country that didn't put a lot of value on entertainment. Um, as I said, six people in my music class, we didn't have the resources. Um, and I think now people are like realizing like, yeah, it's, it's really important. Yeah, <laughs> art is important, not just music, like art in general. All art. Absolutely. <laughs> Regardless of what creative outlet you're using with your art. Right. Cause that's just said, there's such, there's so many, uh, that's such a g generic, uh, you know, really, really entity there, art, you know, and it can, mm. it comes in so many different forms and you're, and you're right. Yeah. We've, we've realized how much we've relied and leaned on it. And, and, and it's interesting because the, uh, the episode that just came out on, on Wednesday that with that, where this one's going to come out, um, that's out now that people you're listening to right now. Uh, I just did a, um, an episode on how the coronavirus has actually impacted the industry. And what I found, I won't, if you got anybody that's interested, go check out that episode. But yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I found it interesting because this, I feel like this pandemic has actually really like exposed the industry for how it is and like what, how it's kind of, what it's taking. How from we it. do it <laughs> and what it's taking. Yeah. It's really, in my opinion, like it, it's messed up. Like I don't, I don't like it. It's, it's, it's when I did all my research for it and interviewed a bunch of people for it, I was amazed. I was like, you only make, straight like on spotify you make what seven tenths of a cent or whatever it is i'm like that's like 0 0.009 cents yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's yeah. incredible to me but you got to split exactly you have to split that and that's like i mean uh to give you some context there was an artist i had on the china blue and he told me that he had a song go a hundred and uh thousand uh streams on spotify he got eighty dollars from it right hundred thousand streams yeah. i mean that's, yeah, yeah. You can't live on that. And like that, that is where, you know, artists, uh, I'm sorry, not artists, labels do come into play um, and label money is helpful. Um, and you don't, you don't realize like how much everything costs influencer marketing. Do you think that stuff's cheap? Uh -uh. Like that stuff is expensive. And I think the average, like my sister's not a music, for example. Um, and with this song coming out, I'm like, Hey, pre-save, pre-save, pre-save. She's like, it's interesting because I don't even know. Like, I'm your sister, and as an end consumer, I have no idea. Now, whether that's on the fault of the artist of not really explaining to their fans, like, the situation they're in, because, I mean, I'm guilty of that, too. You don't want to really show your fans, like, too much behind the scenes in the sense of, like, hey, this stuff's expensive, like, by the way. Um, but at the same time, maybe it is interesting for the, for the majority of the world to actually know like, Hey, 0.009 cents. Like just FYI, like this stuff is glamorous, but there is a lot of stuff that goes behind actually releasing a song. And I think it's, it's that, it's that, you know, end product that people see and that's cool and that's super exciting, but they forget a lot and that's not the fault of the end consumer because like how are you supposed to know it's not your world right you and you consume music as an enjoyment right. um or release or whatever um but i think the reason that there's more value on it right now is because like people are seeing like videos and and artists and labels like hey look at what i'm doing behind the scenes or even tiktoks like nina nesbitt constantly shows her productions um and people are like oh i didn't i didn't realize like that's how it's done and that's totally normal. Like that's with any job. Like how, how do you know how lights are made? How do you know what goes into making a cup? Like 
stuff like that that people don't realize and don't really put value on it until they actually see what goes. Um, and yeah, I, I love that that's come to the surface now. I think that's really important. I just hope it doesn't go away. <laughs> right, right. It was with a lot of things. Yeah, we hope that, you know, that we don't lose steam and, and sight on these things as, you know, right. um, you know more things inevitable Even podcasts like you have to do so much editing like my friend has a podcast and he's like oh my god i spent all day editing i'm like that's like a 10 minute podcast that someone listens to and they're like okay cool and you're like no i spent all day doing that like <laughs> you know uh, yeah because yeah i mean um, yeah it, it's it's interesting because i had uh two friends of mine or uh, a good friend of mine and then uh, a friend of my girl uh, coworker of my girlfriends that wanted to start podcasts and you know, I helped them kind of get, get off the ground running with theirs because mine's established. I know what goes into it. And if I can save them some time, like that, that's cool for sure, me. Sure, why not? And, yeah. um, so the funniest part for me is to see their faces almost at the beginning. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this much goes into it. Like they just thought like, oh, and that's how I thought it's- Record, it's see you later. Yeah, I could start a podcast. That'd be easy. You, yo, you have no idea. Like I won't get into it right now. That's something- yeah we're going to start putting some resources on our, on our website through our, our right mind partnership for people that want to get into podcasting or music or whatever to, to help save them a little bit of time. But it's like, not to go into the whole long winded thing, but yeah, there's just so much to, that goes really into podcasting. Yeah, yeah, it's, for sure. it's with anything you don't understand yeah. time that goes into to any, any kind of, any kind of uh, even like, so I'm, I'm a teacher and a basketball coach. Like, you know, oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. I told you, I'm like you, I, I can't sit still. I just do everything. Like I do everything I can and, and right. that I, that I'm able to, but right. take it in terms of te teaching. Like, I mean, like the prep is insane. Like my mom was a teacher and she, so she was a teacher and then she did uh university professor. So it was like languages. I was like, what am I doing? Um, she was a professor <laughs> and yeah, like I admire teaching, especially right now. Like, you already had to do so much prep. Like now you're prepping online, like mad respect to you guys. Seriously. Ball game. Thank you. I appreciate that. Some people don't feel that way, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Seriously. I don't, I don't worry about the outside noise, but um, it's in terms of, of that too. It's, and then with coaching too, like, you know, you don't understand like how much like film watching, like prep for that. Like there's just like, there's so much that goes into coaching too. Not, not for me personally, I'm a freshman basketball coach. So it's not like I do as much as like someone that's in the NBA or at the college level or even the high school level, but as a right. coach, but there's just so much that you don't understand that goes into it. Like my varsity coach at school that I work under, like his wife tells about all the time, like she gets up at two in the morning during basketball season and he's still in the living room with his pen and pa paper watching game film. And it's just like, people don't yeah. understand. Yeah, and that's and he, but he is one of the best coaches in the state, and that's and there's a reason for that because he's up at two a.m. watching game film, taking notes, and yeah, he's dedicated. Yeah, through this process, so it's just like you said, it it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like there is a process that you don't know behind the scenes because yeah, it's not your world. But yeah, and that like that's okay. Like I feel like I'm harping on it. Like I sound really like oh, you don't know the process. Like you don't know, you don't understand. I brought, I brought but, like no no no. I like I was like oh, it kind of sounded like really negative there, but it's i think that's the point like we get enjoyment out of the process and like the end consumer or the people on the team don't really have to understand that but like it is nice to when someone is like hey like that's really cool of you you know like that recognition i guess oh no doubt, no, no doubt yeah no it's, it's an interesting time it really really is and uh, <laughs> people so fans of us if you're just coming on to nina bomber for the first time i mean 
this podcast is is basically the truth in here. You got it. You got to get with her music. Check it out. You heard the little snippet of that excuse. So make sure you guys go check that song out. It is actually linked in the description. So make sure you go stream that. It's going to be on our uh, night school new music playlist on Spotify as well. So it'll be right at probably right at the top of that this week as well. So make sure you go check that out. But you're not done yet. The final question. Okay. okay. My my favorite one. Now okay. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. It's okay. It's a, it's a fun one. Every artist that does this, they love, love it. Okay. It's called, I call it the dream song scenario and I'm going to break okay. it down. So and fans of our show, they know, I already know this and this is probably the favorite part of most people, uh, that most of our listeners. Drum roll, please. <laughs> yes. So you have, you have a song, you can make any song with any artist, producer, dead or alive. Okay. I'm going to structure it for you. Okay. You get a producer, someone to do the production. All right. So you can get a couple of different people. If you say, you know, want a certain melody from one producer or a bass from another producer, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Right. Hmm. So you get anybody in the world dead or alive to produce your song. Okay. You get a verse, you get a hook, or if you want to do the hook, you're, you're pretty damn good at hook. So if you want to do your own hook, go, go for it. But yeah. you can have someone do your hook, you get a verse and then two guest verses. So you get three artists on the song and some producers. So who is- <laughs> I know it's it's a lot of pressure. So, <laughs> no, look at it. Take your time, okay? There's All right. No, no right or wrong answers, okay? Some people like afterwards too. They're like, I don't even know how this would mesh. Who cares? It's the dream song. Yeah. However you want, it's gonna work. If you're getting this many amazing artists on the song, it's probably gonna work. So, like I said, anyone dead or alive, who's right. on the go. Okay, I feel like I'm one of those game shows and I need like a ticking noise in the back, like, tick, 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 you know, yeah. something like that. No, but um, Final Jeopardy, like, Dun. yeah, yeah, exactly. Dun. The lights go down. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? No. <laughs> um, okay, so, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so I'm indecisive, newsflash, but um, about certain things, this is one of them. Um, I would probably go. I have always wanted to work with Mark Ronson. He's done so just there's countless projects he did. He worked on uh, Lady Gaga. He worked on Joanne, but like he's Mark Ronson's done his own thing. He's worked with insane artists. And I feel like he has a really great way of mixing pop, but usually his tracks are and, and working for the artist and the song and working for the song is really important. Um, but his tracks are always like, well, not always, but, predominantly quite fun so I would love to dive into that but I think he would challenge me as well and be like you're writing really mediocre stuff let's figure this out um or your sound this is you and your personality your sound should totally be this and like I would love that um I think Ian Kirkpatrick would also be really cool he just did um excuse me some projects with Dua Lipa so and just a ton of other stuff um so he would be really great Riders wise, okay, so I get a hook and two verses. Is that what you said? Correct. Okay. Correct. Oh, shoot, that's hard. Can I, can I add a rider who just probably wouldn't even take a verse though? It's your dream song, go for it. Okay, so as a rider, I would love Sarah Ahrens. She has done countless songs. She wrote like the middle. Um, she's basically written like anything that you've heard in the top 40 charts, like she's had her hands on. Um, and she's Australian. I actually ran into her at a, an award show, uh, award ceremony that I was at. Um, she's in, she's incredible. She went to Berkeley as well. She's like 23 and she's just insane. She's like the next Max Martin. And you're like, 
what? She's insane. Her story is crazy too. Um, Sarah, uh, Sarah Ahrens. Sarah Ahrens, okay. Yeah, she's an insane writer um, and so humble. Um, and okay, so I would love her as a writer. Two verses. Flip. I think I'd like to take the hook. Good. Um, but if I could have Beyonce on my song, like, girl, yes. And if I could have, this is so hard. This is so hard. I think Tori Kelly would be really cool on a song too. Mm. Or Lady Gaga. Yeah. Okay, Tori. But then I see I'm also thinking of like, ooh, Vera Blue. She's this Australian artist and she's insane, an insane writer, insane producer. Um, so I love her. But I think if I really want this song to just be banging, like Mark Ronson, Beyonce, and like Lady Gaga, wow. Okay, that would just be a dream. <laughs> exactly. And in a sense, that is the dream song scenario. I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Nina I think Bob I could come come up with a top hit for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would chart. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's be real about that for a second, right? So yeah. hey, Nina Bomber featuring Beyonce, Lady Gaga, with a hook written by Sarah Aarons and some production from Mark Ronson. I think it would be a, t- a top hit. I think it would be a top chop. Uh, I think we would make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would work. I really do. I really do. But anyway. Thank you so much for being here, Nina. We really appreciate thank it. You. It's been an amazing episode. And uh, thank you to all of our fans that and are tuning in. And, and please, like I said, guys, go support Nina Bomber on uh, on social media. You can find her at Nina. Is it just Nina Bomber, correct? Yes. Yes. I was like, what is it? Yeah, it's Nina Bomber. <laughs> follow her on Instagram, right, for all the latest updates on her, on her. Are you still doing the live stuff or not so much anymore? Yeah, I'm still doing the live. Not so much the live um, shows. They're, like, sporadic, but I'm usually always on Thursday. So. Cool. We'll go check her out on, uh, on Instagram and, and, and uh, Twitch for some of those uh, live things as well. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, go follow her on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music. We'll link definitely the Instagram and uh, new song bad excuse in the description here. And yeah, if you're a fan of Nina, make sure you guys follow us at turntable teachers on Instagram. All right. And go uh, stream the rest of our guest speaker episodes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts and follow us. Uh, and so excuse me, subscribe to our website, www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest blogs, episodes, merchandise. You guys already know my fans already know what's good. Nina Bomber, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And like for having me and to everyone listening, like loved it, loved it. I'm in, I'm in the opposite seat to what I'm usually in. So thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm I'm so excited you got to, got to come on the show and uh, I was really, really great, great time. So one of the better episodes we've had this year. So very, very excited. Yay. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I'm so pumped. Thank you. But uh, without further ado, I'm Mike. This is Nina. Turntable teachers and class is officially dismissed. Turntable teachers.